in the yeah. uh okay yeah we're we're recording now so with Jeff Miller Sachs on the line and J- Jackson Messick we're in our pre game warm up for our Thanksgiving <laughs> truth um truth based Thanksgiving show that's coming up soon but uh J- Jeff just came on the line and and greeted us and thanked us for supporting his his uh his fundraiser for cancer patients and their families and the album that he as as those who uh, listen on a regular basis would know that he has produced two phenomenal albums. Um, and, uh, and the most recent one is the shadows of night project. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, you know, uh, so, uh, appreciative Jeff to have you here first of all, but, um, what a great album, man. Thank you. I'm really appreciative to be here. And again, Jackson, thank you so much. That was blind faith because you hadn't heard anything on it. And sure. we, of course, you're you're so honorable. Um, I don't even know how to say it, but well, I'm very, very grateful and very thankful. It's, it's, seriously, I I think what you're doing is incredible, and I think it is such um, such a worthy, awesome thing to be able to support. Um, so it's it's a it's a pleasure, and the album is a blessing on top of it. Thank you so much. Uh, you know what's really cool though is I was looking at some statistics today on Bandcamp, and also looking at a couple other things because I, I took a few minutes away from life and looked at the pile on my floor of all the paperwork I had to file, <laughs> and uh, did some quick math mm-hmm. and through sales of, of these two records and um, it's the the tuners and some of the other the my live music gigs that all the money all the money I get paid for my music gigs also goes towards this fund and I've got I don't know about almost I think about fourteen thousand dollars that have been raised that oh. I haven't even touched yet because all the stuff that I've been doing has been coming out of my own pocket. Wow. So this is a blessing to know that this this reserve is building up. That's that that's wonderful. Can do some significant help down the road. That's so very awesome. encouraging. Yeah, very encouraging that you. First of all, that that you you made that uh, faith, that 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 action of faith to to plant seeds of your own funds and quite substantial funds as well as your time and talent mm-hmm. uh, and lots of time and lots of talent. And so, and to see so, finally some reciprocation is very encouraging to hear, Jeff. It, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm very thankful and very appreciative to everybody. It was, you guys have been so supportive, but on, on top of that, it, it's, you know, in the new music world, People don't buy music anymore. They they subscribe to music. They oh, don't right, buy yeah. it. So I think in in the new music world, I'm, I'm about to go platinum because I'm almost hitting a hundred of the Shadows of Night CDs sold <laughs> after a couple of months. It's awesome. I think that's gold. I think a thousand is platinum now. <laughs> I know the bar has been lowered a bit. <laughs> if you sell a thousand CDs, you're an all star, right? I mean CDs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that that would be an excellent metric, right? To to, to see, 
I, I'm hearing that of all things, LPs are not hard to sell. They're they're making a comeback, but they're nowhere near. Yeah, not bulk, but I mean, they, yeah, but they're but collectors want them. People have their record players again. Yeah, and uh, and audio file. Well, let's face it. I mean, it's the it's the highest quality. It's analog. So it's the highest yeah. quality medium. They do scratch and pop. Some people like that, um, like that yeah. nostalgic sounds, I guess you could say. Uh, uh, and they're big and, and, and beautiful. I think that's probably right. The artwork is so substantial. You, you hold on to a piece of, 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 of uh, whatever album, whatever, whatever work that you have. I, I'd love to have a record of, yeah. of your Giving it's Shelter project. Vis- and Sorry? It's very visceral because it's sensory. It's it's visual. It's audio, and it's tactile. Tactile. You know, what a word. A wordsmith. Know, wordsmith. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thank I thank you. I thank you for bringing that word into the into into the um, into the what the into the program. It's not a pro- pre-program <laughs> because because uh, I was thinking today. I was really thinking that part part of perhaps part of our mission is to begin using larger words, just to, just to, you know because I I feel like you know these people these poor people that put dictionaries together like Webster's dictionary and stuff you know eventually they're just we're not going to need them there's only going to be like what they're gonna there's going to be what those little uh, smiley faces and things what do you call emojis. those yeah. emojis. Yeah, emojis. Yeah, who the, we're going back to hieroglyphics and maybe a hundred words, and we're all set, right? If we continue this pattern, <laughs> I'm, laugh, I'm laughing, but it's also kind of a nervous laughter because it's. it's I, I miss the "Hello, how are you?" instead of "HRW" and a waving <laughs> emoji. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then and then I I've found myself and I am embarrassed to admit, but I will admit it to you since it's just us three and whoever else listens um, <laughs> <laughs> that that um that I have found myself right. <laughs> looking up yeah looking up right I have found yeah. myself looking up um emoticon how do you call them emoticon emo, emojis uh, emojis I've I have found myself looking them up for because I, maybe it's the poet in me, but or maybe the analyst in me that I'm like, now what did that person really mean there? So I start looking them up. I'm like, and I start putting them together. I'm like, this one and this one. What is that saying to get? You know. And then I'm like, I can't believe I just wasted time doing this. This is so. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but no, it's not. It really, Jeffrey. It's not ridiculous, and it's not a waste of time because it's communication. That's what I was and, thinking. Too. And if somebody is sending you a message and you don't understand what the message is, then the communication has failed. That's a that's a good point. So it's it's not wasted wasting time. It's just adapting to the current times yeah. and being able to understand and communicate within the times. Well, I certainly, uh, guys. You know, this might be a good a good way to um, fund all of our ventures. Is we could create <laughs> if we could together create a Rosetta stone of emojis. <laughs> <laughs> we would be, we would be, I mean, what, what would happen next? We, we would, we would be able to fund, fund everything. Every, you know, you, you name it, we'd have the funds to fund. That's right. 
I have to ask you a favor. Okay. Don't come out with something that sharp while Jackson's in the middle of drinking again. Because we almost. <laughs> had- I know. Guy almost choked. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, by the way, Jackson's tummy hurts. Oh, it does. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a reason I get a smile out of him when I say that. He's got. He's got. He's got. He's got uh, four young children. So when I say his tummy hurts, some somehow I think. So- <laughs> Speaking of uh, yeah. communication, right? This That's is probably true. how Jackson and his wife communicate with. Are you using that kind of nomenclature regu- regularly, um, Jackson? What what kind? Uh, the type emojis? that. Well, I wasn't thinking emojis. More more like uh, uh, my tummy hurts. Like more like how we may sp- may or may not speak to young people, very young people. Oh, yeah, totally. So all the time, all the time. Yeah, our our that's a great that's a great point. Yeah, our language has totally changed. And I think it's funny because even when we're alone, I feel like our language with the kids comes into conversation. You know, it's almost hard to turn off when it's just like 20, you know, just with them all the time. Right? And <laughs> most of your with, and, and I can see, you know, I think it's been such a blessing to be at home um, with all this stuff going on and to be home more often because I think, I mean, it, it can be tough it's, it's, it's interesting to be alone with kids for really long periods of time, you know, and Carla and I have talked about that when it's just like, when you're with just children, right. For like, whatever, even eight or nine hours, right. You're like, huh, this is really interesting. Right. <laughs> to see start interacting, you know, cause it's just you and them, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, it's been nice to have, um, to be able to be together a lot through this, because you do have some some sort of adult interaction, right, or some sort of communication throughout the day. Um, that's different from how you talk to them. But, but I got to say, you know, it's talk, talk, you know, the way the way I'm able to speak to Noah now, my oldest, who's six, is pretty cool because I feel like, you know, the the older he gets, the more it becomes similar to how you speak to other adults, right? Which is a bizarre thing. The things you're able to talk about with a child and it's really neat. So true. Um, Jackson, you may may not be aware, I know Jeffrey is, that I had to go back to uh, Ohio recently, Mm -hmm. earlier in the month. uh, I drove back uh, and I took Sweet Pea with me. Try talking with a dog all day and then have to deal with adults. Yeah, lost a dear friend who actually wrote the forward for the shadows of night album mm-hmm. and went to the memorial and spoke at the memorial and, and at dinner the night before with his widow and their seven-year-old son. And I was literally blown away by how many expensive words the seven-year-old used. Wow. And just as you're saying in evolving in your conversation with Noah as he grows up and as he's getting older. This little boy, Ian, had only been around adults since he was born. So all he heard was adult conversation. All he was exposed to was adult conversation. And he picked up words and knows how to use them. And and when you're dealing with somebody that young using those kinds of words, you forget that they're still only seven years old. Yes, yes. That's so true. That's a great point. 
It's a great point. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, it's funny. I mean, that doesn't surprise, that doesn't surprise me to hear. I also think with everything, um, gosh, I mean, with everything he's going through, you know, with the loss of a, of a parent like that too, I'm sure there's, um, even even in the immediate, a, a, a sort of maturity that comes through across like that, right? That I can just I can picture it when you go through something like that, or when you when you you know experience suffering like that. I think the way um, the kind of clarity that anybody's able to speak with, right? When they see something and like then they're experiencing something really difficult. Um, I'm sure I'm sure he is. Uh, of uh, a very mature seven-year-old at this point. He definitely has an old soul about him. He got up on, on the stage. Mm-hmm. It was an outdoor memorial so we could social distance and there were tents because it was Ohio in the evening in November. Tents yeah. with the kerosene heaters set up and, and a very nice event. Uh, and he got up on stage and grabbed a microphone and said some words about his dad wow. and about his his mom and how they're going to carry on. And not only was he very profound, especially in a seven-year-old way, but he was also very funny. Hmm. He had timing. He had this this sense of understanding how to work a crowd. Wow. Very, hmm. uh, very, very adult. Child. Yeah, of that. Uh, I, wow. I see great things from him. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you guys, are, without knowing it, perhaps are confirming my thought, my 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 prior thought that if we reintroduce some some vocabulary in "Praise You, Lord" in conversation, we may find that that we make an impact in our world and help people to be able to communicate beyond, you know, beyond the, the, their normal self. And I wanted to mention, I'm, I'm half joking and I'm, I'm, I'm completely serious and, and 100% joking is at the same time, but, but which I do a lot, by the way, I, I think I don't know it's, about that, but I, I, I must consider it that that is a possibility. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, so well, you're never alone with a schizophrenic. So I'm told. So, Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> don't believe everything you hear, you know, but There's, Half joking, half serious. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm fully joking and I'm fully serious. There's a difference. Um, <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of a religious joke, too, from a Catholic perspective, which I don't know if yeah. you pick up on specifically. But, 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 uh, but uh, Jeff and, and Jackson. Um, uh, okay, so going back to the, the language. Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention my mom. I was thinking, when I was thinking this through, I was thinking about how blessed I was to have a mom who not only was really, my mom was super intelligent, actually. I was, you know, she was really, really, really smart. And, you know, she was a valedictorian of her, her college class. And she was, um, she was like a, um, she's very, very good at discerning things, like and knowing if someone is full of it, kind of, so to speak. And yet she very ladylike and really articulate. I mean, off the charts. And her vocabulary level was phenomenal. And she would take, if you, you guys, I'm sure Jeff especially would, would know the Reader's Digest. Remember that yes. that, that magazine? Yes. Are you familiar with that, Jackson? 
mm-hmm. Reader's right. Digest. And so Reader's mm-hmm. Di- Digest had like a page or two where it would have words and you would it would be a word test or quiz or something in it. And my mm-hmm. mom, every, every month it would come into the house, she would have a running bet, and she never bet unless she knew she could win, that... <laughs> that she could beat any of us in this quiz, this vocabulary quiz. And sure enough, she, she pretty much won every, every, every month. And, but, but she didn't do it to show off. She did it because she wanted to get us, you know, get us to learn more vocabulary. I'm, I'm, this is not when I was 12. I'm talking, I'm speaking about as an adult, she would do this mm-hmm. with all the, all of us. And I, and I thought to myself, what, what wisdom there is in doing that. Mm-hmm. Because going back to the emoji discussion we were having, guys, is is that uh, in in I thought perhaps it was a waste of time and embarrassing that I was looking up emojis and trying to trying to discover what the, what is this person exactly trying to say. Um, it when we have a, a a broader vocabulary in use amongst it mutually, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to 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 communicate. And by the way, I think it was my mother that I also used to say that that. Wars were mostly or often caused by miscommunication. Mm. Miscommunication, not understanding. Uh, Jeff, you would really understand that. You've traveled quite a bit and have done business yeah. in foreign lands, right? So the way that we approach people, even not just from a verbal perspective, but also I'm sure from a from the way where we where our hands are, how we if we look at someone in the eye or not, or Exactly. A physical perspective. There's that definition of personal space that's different in different countries. Yes. How you address somebody that you, we as Americans have become very informal. Yes, we have. Very, very casual in our conversation, Mm. uh, even with strangers. Yes. Whereas in many other countries, there is a, a more formal way of speaking to somebody new. And there's actual language differences between how you speak with your friends and how you speak with a teacher or a doctor or, or someone you're meeting for the first time. Words are used differently. Um, phrases are used. Um, there is a, 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 a politis and a politeness about how people speak in other countries that we, in in our egalitarian way of making everybody feel included, mm-hmm. we lost some of that art of a formal verbal presentation. Okay, uh-huh. so I, I rather than looking up the Rosetta Stone of words, egalitarian, could you, how did you mean that? <laughs> <laughs> can you, well, can in, you, in, could in you use, and could you use pictures? Yeah, I read magazines with pictures real well. Not an emoji of a high five. So, uh, uh, sorry, I've been speaking over you. I I super apologize. Please. Oh no, no, that's okay. It's that Italian Jewish thing. Sorry. It's good. The hands are going too. (laughs) I know. I must be. I must be feeling very comfortable right now. Exactly. Sorry, I, I almost I almost whacked my screen right in the right. <laughs> I almost broke the glass of my iPad. Okay. Oh, All right. So to to answer in an emoji, uh, describing egalitarian would be a, a high five emoji as opposed to a handshake emoji. Mm. Ah. Where 
you're egalitarian. Everybody's on the same level and just being comfortable. Oh, interesting. With each other. Like as opposed ego. to having it's like normal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or it has some of that root, right? I'm I trying think. to find the root there, but is it is equal yes. the root of egal, egal is like equal? Yes. Okay. Yes, um, every, on the same level. Got it. That's yeah. a, that's really interesting. Yeah, words are interesting. There's a story in every word, right? I, spe- yes. Speaking of which, um, <laughs> that's why that's why that's why I think if we're not careful, we could we could end up. Um, the three of us, except of course Jackson's tummy hurts, so that he's in a different oh. position. But, but um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of your tummy, by the way. It's it's just I'm making no. fun of the way I'm putting Mark's this. <laughs> you can take it. If we if we get you to laugh, don't, don't, does that make you feel better? Yeah, no, always. Always. That's a good always. answer. That's a very good always. answer. Um, well, yeah. So so. Um, each word has a story behind it. I, 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 I've recently been listening, and I mentioned this to you, Jeff Jackson. I've been le- recently listening, and I won't give too much away because I don't want to. Um, I, I want to share this story, but I don't want to give away exactly what I was listening to. But it, it's a podcast uh, that discusses J.R.R. Tolkien's works, Ooh. the author. And Jeff so. is a huge fan, I, I found out. And, Gosh, I yeah. mentioned it to him, and he he went on for a twenty minute rant on the phone. I thought my ear was going to fall off. No, I'm, I'm just. I was like, oh, I guess I hit a nerve. I guess I'm not the only one that's read the Lord of the Rings a million times, um, yes. the trilogy, and and Jeff has as well. So, so Jackson, have you read those? Uh, have you read so, any Tolkien? So, no, I haven't. I haven't, but I I want to so bad, and I got to say, I confirm this because we were. I mean, literally two nights ago, Carla and I were talking about um, what movie we should watch. We had a second to hang out together, mm-hmm. and um, I don't, I don't even know how it happened or what would possibly make us think to do this. But, but it, we thought of the Lord of the Rings movies, and I haven't seen those things since I was a kid. So I, I just watched the first Lord of the Rings two nights ago. I haven't seen it since it came out when I was a kid. I'm mm-hmm. sure. The books are incredibly loaded. I, mean, I know enough about Tolkien to know that I those things must be incredible, you know. Yes. <laughs> and his company, right? You think of somebody like C.S. Lewis, right? Who I know better than I would, you know. But um, gosh, I bet they are so incredibly, beautifully symbolic and deep and awesome. I bet those things yeah. are are just a wealth of beauty and truth and a whole bunch of truth packed into something. Um, so yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that though, cause uh, even watching, watching the movie again, maybe really want to get to like the, the root of it. Right. It's like, I see Hollywood's presentation of it. And I'm like, no, nah, it's, it's neat. Right. But I'm like, nah, I want to like check the source and the literature behind it. You know, you can tell in narration, even in the movies that hmm. they're obviously right. Pulling from his language you can hear it. Like, I mean, it's, you know, but it's still, I don't, it's still not, I'm sure it's not the same, right. As you guys would know, if you actually take up the, the books themselves and really sit with it and kind of chew on it and listen to how he displays everything. It, it, you're, you're absolutely right. And you know, it's a shame, even with a trilogy of three and a half hour movies each, they still couldn't fit everything in 
to the movies. <laughs> but I do think that Peter Jackson nailed it. His imagery and what he put onto the screen could never have been done before without the without the aid of today's technology. Yeah. But what he, what he captured visually was virtually identical to my mind's eye. So cool. For, for the major characterizations, the scenery, uh, the, the depictions of, of action going on, almost exactly what was in my mind every time I read the books. The fact that he, he even captured on the screen the sense that there were all these different languages. He built so many different cultures and societies and, and customs and music and, and different ways that and those things were were only touched on the surface in the movies for the trilogy for the Lord of the Rings and the trilogy movies of The Hobbit. Yeah. And again, to your point, Jackson. There's a lot of very poignant messages that were going on in those movies and, and basically in the books. Yep. And when you consider when Tolkien was writing them and his his friends that he was, in a sense, competing with in a, in a friendly sort of way as they were all writing together and yep. pushing each other in a Lennon and McCartney-esque way. Driving each other to do more and do better, but he was also sending each chapter in each bit to his son, who was in a foxhole, fighting in a world war. Yeah, and and the whole plot of this is the violent, explosive, volcanic erupt eruption of a transition of a revolution from an agrarian society into an industrial culture, which is what was happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And he created all these backstories and all this mythology and his lineage and family trees and, and history and put it all together in an epic biblical sort of way mm. with, with very similar moral dilemmas and choices, loyalty, friendship, honor, mm -hmm. uh, doing the right thing or following temptation, mm -hmm. making choices and how that affects other events leading forward. It's mm -hmm. awesome. It, it's very reminiscent of the Bible in that way. Mm -hmm. and, and Jeffrey and I joked, I said, I read it more religiously than I do the Bible because it was, it, it, it had those same things, but it, it, it came from another world, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. So it was something that was a little more, um, um, how would I say, less of a textbook, yeah. more digestible, yeah. but taking so many things that were very biblical in their essence, yeah. bringing them into a situation where you could wrap your arms around it because yeah. you were engrossed in the story in a way that didn't feel like going to church on Sunday or a temple on Saturday or going, yeah. going to religious school and having this taught to you like American history. Yeah. Yeah. 14, yeah. It, 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 this was more of a way to, to absorb it. And it also, uh, this is a real um, interesting segue. 
but it, it, it actually did an awful lot to um, support and acknowledge and affirm my faith in God and, 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 and my appreciation of the Bible and of the Judeo-Christian lineage and history and history of the world from that perspective, because there, in my opinion, the Lord of the Rings made all that more accessible and more understandable. Yeah. And, and, you know, going past that this one begot that one begot that one and smoked that one and so on and so forth, more what the significance of all that begetting and smiting and smoting was and, and the miracles. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gave me more of an appreciation right. for that part of my own history. Mm. Yeah, and, I would agree. Affirm, affirmation of faith. I would agree with you. I, I, um, I mean, uh, from a, I would articulate it differently, and it would probably take 20 minutes to do it. I don't feel really like that's appropriate at the moment. However, um, probably we, we need to uh, maybe perhaps we'll do a program on this. That would be an excellent or perhaps a program on each of the books. And then Jackson will have to read them, which yes. will be <laughs> which. Yeah. Uh, but um, but that would be a great Even idea, I think. Sorry. Excuse me for interrupting. Even if we don't do a program on it, I, I think it would be a, just a great thing to dive into as a, as a different way of expressing faith and expressing our appreciation for who we are, where we are, the things we have. Yeah. And understanding of the struggles that enabled us to be where we are today. What, one yeah. thought I'd like to, to share, because I, I do feel like this may be important for this program pre-program or however we want to um name this part of i mean we're, we're we're just chewing the fat as usual right i mean especially when jeff miller Sachs comes on it's like what are we ever going to get to the program so yeah. so <laughs> I, I still have my notes from last time that of the things we didn't cover <laughs> i i jeff, <laughs> jeff i wish we had see we it was your suggestion to do a pre-program, but now I realize yeah. we real I should really be recording our conversations, which leads you to coming on the program. <laughs> <laughs> because today, uh, Jeff happens to call me. Um, we were going back and forth, but we never know when we're going to actually be in contact. We go back and forth, and we I think I can't speak for you, Jeff, but I feel like at least for my side of it, and and I I feel like it's on your side that we kind of know we're going to get in touch, but it's not like the yeah, end of yeah. the world if it doesn't happen today or at this moment. So right. so so we, sure enough, we found time to to be able to speak to one another, and we were speaking and speaking and speaking. I thought it was going to be a five minute conversation. It's it's again going on and on as usual. And so um, and Jeff is saying some things, and I'm like, and it's just like the Lord, I believe, spoke to me through what He was speaking about. First of all, he brought up a Thanksgiving testimony story, and I'm mm -hmm. like, he didn't know Jeff did not know we were we were recording tonight. Number one, he didn't yes. know we were doing a Thanksgiving story after Thanksgiving, which is when yep. we're doing this. Um, yep. He brings this up, and he said a few other things, and I'm like, I think this is a sign that we should invite him on. I I didn't know if he could make it. And here he is. So you know, so it's so great. Awesome. But it, that conversation was wonderful. And but going back to um, the Tolkien, right? Um, uh, there's a lot that I, I, I 
I have a lot of thoughts on that. However, one thing for this this little um, pre-broadcast, I'd like to. I feel like is important to mention is the the simple. It's simple, but not so simple. Is is the is the battle between light and darkness that we find mm-hmm. in the novels and going back to Jackson's portrayal. I think. Of all things, I mean, I agree with you, Jeff. I think he nailed a lot of things, but that in particular blew me away. Particularly the spirit, which I would call spiritual battles between the light and dark forces that have quote in the in the books, you know, some kind of supernatural forces like like the wizards um, who have battles, and how Gandalf the White, who who is is a good guy, if you will, or on the on the on the on the side of the children of light in the novel, he um, he he uses his power is 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 light. It's actually light, and he uses that light. And you'd say, well, what power of light? What is the power of light? And but the portrayal is really remarkable. Um, one thought, one there's many examples of that. We don't have to get into that. So, um, but that that was that was uh, really powerful. The way that that was portrayed in those movies, as as well as the music and and they, they you know there was there was great casting, um, it was it was it was phenomenal. Great movie. What did you think of the movies? You've seen the movies, or you you saw the movie recently, right, Jackson? Or one of them? Yeah, a couple nights ago. Yeah, we saw the first one, and then I watched. I just started watching the Hobbit, the well, first Hobbit. Well, let's movie. go. Let's go back to the Fellowship. What did you think of it? It was awesome. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was great. You know, I'd seen it when it came out, and I, I would have been really young at that point. I think it came out in like two thousand one. That's about right. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Sorry, you guys, something like that. Yeah, so I would. Yeah, I mean, so I was I was born in eighty eight. So so I was you know I was like middle like middle school age something like that, and I and I do remember seeing it in in the movie theater, um, but. You know, I gotta say, it's it's so different. Well, it was it was a very different experience being an adult and watching it, obviously, right? And then secondarily, but but possibly more important, it was very different watching it after having an experience with God, mm. right? Very different looking at it once you've actually had an encounter with with God, and um, which is the same way I felt about you know, uh, basically any of the, 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 the Narnia movies when I had seen them, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis, like who is, I mean, is truly, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a hero of mine. I get emotional even just thinking about the stuff he's written. Um, the Lord has spoken to me so much through that. You know, it's so cool where, where the Lord can speak to you. He knows how, how to speak to your heart, right? And I think it's so neat that even that there can be people in history, right, who you almost feel like when you're reading something like that, that it was, it was, it was, it was, you feel like the Lord's almost speaking directly to you, you know, as you're reading. You're like, wow, this is so powerful. And then it's so funny how, how something, whatever, 50, 60, you know, years ago, right, could be hitting you in this moment, right, outside of time in such a way where you're like, wow, this is so profound, right? I just never saw things that way. Hmm. Um, and I remember even as, actually, it, you, you, 
<laughs> you you know him, Jeff, uh, our friend Tom Joseph. I remember when I had become, I mean, I had only had my experience with the Lord, I don't know, maybe for like a year before this point. But he took me to see, uh, uh, he invited me to go with him to see uh, one of the Narnia movies um, in the theaters with him. And and I remember, I mean, I, I, I went with him and I thought it was funny too, because, you know, I mean, I was, uh, I, I think I just understood it to be a, a kid's movie, right? You know, I was like 20, 23 or something at this point, you know? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, of course I'll go with you to hang out, you know? But I was like, ah, oh, it seems kind of funny, right? Like I figured it would just be us and a bunch of kids in the movie or whatever. Um, but I was like, yeah, of course I'll, of course I'll go. And I remember by, I mean, by the end of the movie, I, I was legitimately in tears watching this thing, right? Because I feel like once you've had that encounter, right, and you see the, this, I mean, the incredibly powerful symbolism, right, and and being able to express these kind of things and these really um, deep truths about who God is and His love for us and the way He accompanies us when we suffer right and never leaves us and gosh like i mean there's so many themes throughout this stuff where you're just like there there's something so it's so it's so neat how something that's a work of fiction right can have so much truth you know mm -hmm. and be so fan i'm sure that's how you guys are describing um the the lord of the Rings series and i'm sure other anything else he's written is is really like it's 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 really neat how and something you were saying, Jeff, I thought was really interesting when you mentioned um, when you were comparing it to the way that that scripture um, can be received sometimes. And I think there's it was, it, there's something to be said about um, the scripture being historical. Right. Kind of like you, you poked at and I'm like, that's a really funny way to say it, Jeff. You 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 I'm going to continue to think about that because I think you're making a really good point. I think there's as much as the historical nature of scripture is uh, clearly incredibly important. Right. And, and, um, and is, is uh, uh, really Im Im impactful because it's, it's true, right. Because it's something that's, it's, it's true. And there's historical things related to this. I think there's something I think in some ways the historical nature might be a hindrance to some people in receiving the truths, right? And I never really thought about it that way, but I wonder, right? I wonder if when people are trying to grasp, right, and really grapple with the difficult parts in the Bible, you know, and really sit in there and going, well, I mean, is this, uh, did, well, first of all, did this happen, right? Did it happen like this, right? When? Did this happen? You know, how, how much do we really know about this? Right. And you have so many, uh, I mean, I'm sure we all know it, right. When we talk to our, you know, uh, people we know or have conversations about the Bible, always those questions start coming into play. How literal was this, right? How much of this, um, was, was there some things that were historically accurate and other things that were can, I don't know. I almost want to say like contextually accurate, right. But, you know, people question if it ever happened, things like that. Whereas I think fiction can be funny, right? In that 
it is very transparently, this is a complete work of fiction, right? And then there's something really childlike and kind of disarming about that, where it's like, no, we're not, I'm, we're actually not trying to claim that this happened, right? We're very clear it didn't, but listen now, right? Take a breath, like take it out of that context. That's fine. Let's just talk about what it's trying to convey, right? It's completely made up. We're okay with it being completely made up, but what are we talking about? Is there, is there truth in the theme, right? That's behind the story. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Gosh, that was really well, very well put Jackson. My gosh. And, and you know, just bouncing off of that idea, uh, Jesus typically taught in stories. That's a great point. And his stories were not like historical stories. They were... It's a great point. They were parables that were yep. like, you know, a way you'd teach a child even. And uh, interestingly, one thing I've observed as a, as a practicing Catholic is that a lot of the Catholic churches have what's commonly called children's masses. And they often mm-hmm. happen, you know, in the later morning, usually not by mm-hmm. noon, sometimes so that a family can go together with their children. And the idea is that the, the priest or whoever's giving the sermon, usually the priest that's celebrating, not always, but usually, will, will often, as a matter of fact, invite the children to come up to the platform where the altar is, right, and, and speak to the children. Uh, and so, and address the children rather than address the greater congregation. And, and what I think happens in, in my own experience and in, in a lot of experiences of friends and family is that, that the elders tend to like the children's mass because that, those simple stories that the priest mm. is almost, it's almost necessary to speak in these kind of parables to the young people in order for them to understand what the, the, the truth the truth that the that the uh, that the priest is trying or the the lector is trying to trying to uh, explain, mm-hmm. and it's easier for the general public to pick up, right? I mean, just kind of doubling off of what you're saying. So it's it's yeah. you know, so Jesus uses this. I've seen this ha- very effective in the children's masses, and of course, the token books, the books themselves, are very. They're yeah. they remind me of Da Vinci. That's just why you know, and I'm a big Da Vinci mm-hmm. fan. Um, or any of the Renaissance artists and, and, and the great um, the great musicians, right, of old that uh, that that really, really got into the nuts. I mean, there, there's so much depth into what what they all did to create a picture. Da Vinci, for example, uh, he he's well known his his anatomical drawings, yeah. at least up until recently, I don't know if I can say in 2020. But up until recently, we're still being used in the medical establishment as anatom- correct anatomical drawings. This is how accurate. And he would actually um, open up the bird or the whatever the whatever he was dissecting, and he would sketch it or draw it. And then, furthermore, his paintings, from what I'm told, were they started. He would start with actually creating the bone structure of the person that he would be drawing and then he'd put in the uh the the um the organs and and then the veins and the arteries and then paint the skin so there's layers and layers and layers and then put the clothes on so he didn't you know most artists today would well i mean a lot of artists today would just draw a bunch of shapes and call it art i guess 
I mean, which, yeah, or take <laughs> photographs. Yeah, very good. I, iPhones. I mean, all good stuff. You can certainly express yourself with, a, you know, with a finger painting or anything. There's certainly mm -hmm. um, not, not to downplay any, any um, form of art, but, but also not to miss the point of the incredible uh, sophistication and training and knowledge and patience to go through all of those steps before putting the clothes on as, as the final part mm -hmm. of the subject. And this is why, you know, his, his, his artwork, we're still t speaking about him today. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't re even recall. I mean, this is a long time ago. He, he did his paintings and his inventions and his sketches and a long time ago. You know, mm -hmm. we're still speaking about him today. So, um, so token in the same, I don't know if same is a big word, but, but uh, in a similar way, I don't know if same is a, an accurate way. It could be because as Jeff was saying, I think was alluding to, if he didn't say it, is that he created, he created languages in order to, he created yes. a whole backstory. The Silmarillion is a backstory as a platform, similar to how Da Vinci had a platform, which with bone structure and then. Mm -hmm. And then the organs and the veins and so on, as I said. But he had a whole uh, creation of the world and yes. the different um, angelic and godly, like, uh, everything. I mean, it's all there, right? And then languages and uh, the different ages of, of this world. And, I mean, it is really deep. And music, like you said, he built yes. culture, cult, not culture, but cultures. Yes. Right? Absolutely incredible. I, I just, wow. just it's, and this is, and so these are not, you know, these are beyond the simple story. They, these are very, very in, intricate, intricately woven mm -hmm. um, narratives of, and they, there's intersections and, and there's, there's genealogy. There's everything. It's all in there, man. It's, it's just, it's just, wow. it's incredible. Right. Well, you know, referring to something Jackson said, I don't know if you've read, read, or seen any of the movies of the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm -hmm. um, but C.S. Lewis, um, not as intricately as Tolkien, because he did it differently. He did. But a very similar type of taking that, okay, leap of faith that this is make-believe, mm -hmm. but then slapping it in the face like a, you know, <laughs> cold bucket of water yeah when when you know it first hits you who aslan is that's right yeah. and, and when you watch the mm. the evolution of those four children mm -hmm. how they grow how they discover things about themselves mm -hmm. and become more of a family Yep. As a result of their adventures, yep. is is it's taking that same theme that we're talking about from a slightly different angle, sure, and creating a different uh, a different value from the story, mm -hmm. a similar theme and similar message. Yeah, uh, and I think that that as you say about the the children's service and stuff like that, breaking down stories and breaking down miracles mm -hmm. and making them um, more digestible, more palatable. Mm. 
more acceptable because of the way they're presented. I think that was the gift of Tolkien and the gift of C.S. Lewis mm -hmm. in, in taking their anthologies and their mythologies and their beliefs mm -hmm. and their observations of what was going on in the world. I mean, it, it, you know, you, you know, the, the Chronicles of Narnia were written in around the same war. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, one was writing to his son in a foxhole. The other was creating a, a different world. But the, basically the same thing is going on. The world is at war. This was this was traumatic. This was catastrophic. This was truly, truly a test of faith. Yeah. Will we ever get out of this? You know, sure. is there hope? And in each story, there was there were there were tests of faith and tests of hope, mm. and hopeless and, seeming situations as well, right? Yes, yes. And just when you think there is no hope and there is no way out, good things happen. Yeah, very good point. There was always always somebody who still had hope mm. but it was Lucy in in the Chronicles yeah, the, of Narnia the young one yeah or, or Sam right. cheering on Frodo and yep. you know encouraging and helping along the yeah. way <laughs> there's there's always somebody in every story and the same in in the same in the bible the same in what same in the bible there's the little bible. david going up against goliath oh yeah Great story. The odds are so astronomically against. Mm -hmm. Yes. In that, where there's life, there's hope. Sure. Mm -hmm. How about Israel leaving, leaving Egypt and being hemmed oh. in between the Red Sea and all of Pharaoh's army? And they just pil basically pillaged all their gold and wealth. <laughs> <laughs> all of their firstborn were were killed during the the angel of death um yeah passover yeah. first passover right. right uh not just their in, in their first born livestock livestock as well yeah um there were some pretty mad egyptians <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I always find it interesting in that in that uh in that Document. I, I I like to call it really a document of in Exodus, how the book of Exodus in the Bible, how it reads several times that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and every time, <laughs> what a terrible thing to have happen to to a person. I mean, God forbid if our hard if our if our heart is hard. First of all, God forbid if our heart is hardened by the Lord. I mean. Terrible things happened after Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Whatever that exactly means, God knows. Yes. I just know that after I read that, Pharaoh's about to make a very bad decision. Yes. And the wrath of God is up is upon him and his people. And yeah. uh, and it's like wow, heavy stuff. True. Yep. Very very true. Well, should we pray and uh, yep. and then we can move into the. Truthful Thanksgiving program. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I wonder how many people have truth-based Thanksgiving stories in 2020. 
God knows that too, I guess. So anyways, mm-hmm. all right, so let's just pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, amen. Mm-hmm. Father, we mm-hmm. praise you, we thank you, we give you, we give you um, praise and thanks. We, we acknowledge our sinfulness, and we acknowledge that we fall short and we fail to do what you want from us sometimes and we uh and we do things that we that we're that that do not please you and so lord we ask you to forgive us of those of those sins and those times we've been disobedient in any in any way um we also acknowledge your mercy we acknowledge your your uh forgiving nature and uh, and we we stand together in faith in your love for us, and your um, your constant help in all circumstances if we if we just ask for it. So, Lord, we do ask for your help again. We ask for it now. We ask for it. I, I certainly ask for it all the time. And, um, Lord, I ask you to help us to continue this conversation into the program, which will be aired on the Catholic radio, uh, wherever it, wherever it goes out to, as well as the podcast. And so we just ask that you, uh, guide our, our tongues and our, and inspire our hearts and minds to, to keep our conversation prudent and like an arrow that, strikes the bullseye may you use our use our gifts of of communication to to strike the hearts of those who who you who you would like to receive some hope or some message of hope or some message of of love or some message of of um of peace or or however you want to use it lord however that might be of healing and um forgiveness and so on and so, Lord, we, we trust in your love for us. We ask you to, to bless us with more of your Holy Spirit to guide us and for all those fruits and gifts that come with the Spirit of, of, of with your Spirit. And we pray for those who will be listening in on the program on Terrestrial Radio as well as in the future. And uh, anything else, guys? Pray for Jackson's tummy. Yes, I do. How are you doing over there, Jackson? I'm feeling way better. Hallelujah. Way better already. That's so great <laughs> to hear. Okay, great. Pray for Jeff's uh, Jeff's brother. Thank you. Who is uh, suffering with some internal issues with his hernia and complications regarding that. Lord, you know how you know all the problems there, and just ask that your healing touch touch him and and where it, where he needs it most and. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just physical, Lord, but you know, we just pray for him as a as a whole, spirit, m- mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Touch his heart, please, please, bless him and, and heal him. Thank you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Okay, all right, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna stop this recording here.